The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Happy Football Monday. Big Seals in the house, National Football Show. We welcome you aboard here. I, you know what's funny? I just got into a conversation here with Krause Jr. going on the air. He's like this, look, you know, Jalen's got to play better. The offense wasn't very good for three quarters. You know the difference in the NFL, though, compared to college football? This ain't no beauty contest. Win the game. Nobody cares. Don't be ripping process. We're on to the Buccaneers. Thursday night football, short work week. Let's move it on. Well, you know, they got to use Miles Sanders more. Of course they do. That's Sirianni's mentality. He's got to get out of that. Someone's got to be in his ear telling him the Eagles need more balance. Obviously, there's no question. We're going to start there, obviously, but what a weekend, man. You know, Saturday, I got up to watch game day, and I'm watching game day. Then I'm watching all the college football. Then I'm watching Fury and Wilder. I mean, then I got into Sunday and all the crazy action in the NFL. What a weekend for sports, and what a weekend for sports for all American sports fans. That thing was great. It just was great. I mean, the whole weekend – All the fans in the stands, too, that must just absolutely piss off all the Corona pimps who are constantly on the uh, hater networks telling you how being around people sucks. But you see all those fans, man? College football? How about College Station, man, right? Franklin Field, was that not insane on Saturday, the upset of Alabama? Then we had the games on Sunday. I threw out a poll on my Twitter page. Uh, What young quarterback would you want to have as the face of your franchise? You know, I mean, look, this Justin Herbert kid looks absolutely sensational. Kyler Murray, probably leading the race for uh, the MVP award. You're talking about a 5-0 Arizona Cardinal team? My God. Josh Allen and the Bills look like the best team in football. What an absolute incredible weekend. Now, I tell you guys this all the time. You know, I bring up a lot of stuff, especially out of a power-packed weekend like we just came out of with football, right? And I slide you guys. You bring all your comments into the building. We appreciate everybody coming aboard. We're going to start it off in Philadelphia, Carolina, and the Eagles here in a second. But David's already in. Thank you. James, thanks for coming aboard. Great weekend of football for sure. Dude, I was watching a lot of games over the weekend, and it was pretty cool watching all those games. That Georgia Bulldog football team on Saturday. Boy, I'll tell you, that SEC championship game, Bama and Georgia, is going to be one for the ages. It's going to be even tougher to win the SEC this year, in my opinion, than win the national championship. I think that's going to be off the charts. By the way, bottom of the hour from Fox 29 in Philadelphia, as he joins us each and every single Monday, our friend Gary Cobb, former Eagle, 
works on the broadcast team for the Philadelphia Eagles. Television-wise, we will talk with him. That'll be at the bottom, and we'll get his spin on what he saw in this game with the Eagles and the Panthers. 21-18, they end up getting it done. Eagles now run their record to 2-3 and three on the season. Carolina runs their record to 3-2 and two on the season. Let's take a look at some of the – David, as I was getting ready to say, let's take a look at some of the stats. Hardgrave is a monster. But I'll tell you something. You know what happened this weekend, David? Fletcher Cox had a presence inside, and he is able to allow Hardgrave now to roam in there a little bit. And they're moving Hardgrave around a little more on a three-technique, two-technique, sometimes head up. And they're giving him autonomy to go side to side. There's no question that the Eagle defense and special teams were a factor in this ballgame. Changed the entire landscape and the complexion of the game, you know, emotionally, once the Eagles got that block punt. So let's look at some of the stats here, man. First downs, very limited. 17 for Carolina, 15 for the Eagles. They had 15 first downs only and won a ball game. But you you held Carolina to 17. Third down efficiency. The Eagles were 4-13 on third down. Now, here's the beautiful thing defensively. The Eagle defense, which has been maligned since really the second half of that 49er game, gave up only 267 yards in total offense. That is a great day. Now, look, no Christian McCaffrey. I get it. But 267 yards in an NFL game today? Yes, David, Darius Slay showed up. Big plays at the end of the game, especially in the second half. 267. Wow. Here it is, though. Philly, 22 rushing attempts. Damn, that thing's got to get better. Carolina had 30. Turnovers. Here's the game, too. Carolina had three turnovers. Eagles had two turnovers. Philly ran the ball for 91 yards, and Carolina ran the ball for 109. That's great. You're under 125. That's great. Yeah, smile. Super Bowl. Unless the Eagles buy a ticket to the game, brother, in Los Angeles, that's the only way they're going. Jalen Hurts, 22 of 37, 198. Okay. Sam Darnold, they did a great job on him. Three interceptions, 21 of 37, 177, and they kind of slowed that train down. Chubba Hubbard, though, 21 carries, 101. That's all right. That's all right, especially when you turn that football team into a one-dimensional football team. Miles Sanders needs to get the ball more. There's no question. I I don't know what kind of football player he is. I don't know if he is good, great, somewhere in between. I have no idea, but you got to give him the ball more, dude. 11 carries? Come on, man. Let's go here, you know? Let's let's see what you got here. Devontae Smith, seven catches for 77 yards. I'll say this to you. If he goes on the current pace that he's on right now, and barring any kind of inconsistency at the quarterback position, he may have 1,200 yards this year in receptions. And, you know, 1,200-yard reception yards in a rookie season, 1,100, that's a damn good year, man. You'd be on the all-rookie team for sure. Carlos, appreciate you coming aboard. What's up, Dan? I know you're talking about that Bama crap to Krause. Oh, absolutely, man. Dumbo Fisher, unranked, ends up beating Alabama. That's got to be the first time that they've lost to an unranked team in, like, um, ever. 
It just seems like it's ever, man. I mean, I don't remember the last time they lost to an unranked team. Right? I mean, that was that was actually stunning. I'll go back to this, though. Bill O'Brien, run the damn ball, dog. You got Nick Sirianni disease. Run the damn ball, man. You mean to tell me that you don't have running backs on that Alabama team when you've been cranking them dudes out? Come on, man. Run the damn football. So here, listen, I'm, I'm going to make this point to you guys, and you tell me if this is what you feel and where I'm going to go here with this. I know Jalen Hurts, and I know he's taking a lot of heat today because he didn't look great for three and a half quarters. I get it. But do we not agree to this? I, I, I saw some of the Devontae Smith comments that he was making about Jalen. Jalen the entire time, even when they were down to Carolina going into the third, Devontae kept saying, Jalen kept coming into the huddle, we're going to win this thing. 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 Am I right when I say this? A year ago, Carson Wentz would have put his hand up and waved the white flag. Where Jalen kept grinding away, not playing great. Playing good enough. He started making plays, especially in critical spots in the fourth, right? Once the momentum changed after the black punt, it kind of galvanized the offense. You started seeing him in third and short. Remember what I told you guys. How did the game start? Charles, how did the game start? The first series for the Eagles, third and 18. I kept going like this, third and 18. That's got to come down. And as the game kept coming back, third and four, third and three, they kept pounding away at it, man. They kept relentlessly going at it. Thanks a lot, Charles, for coming aboard. T. Lewis. Yeah, I'll say this to you. T. Lewis, it got better. It wasn't good in the first three quarters. I, I give it to you. The kid, Miles Sanders, man. I mean, the one thing you have to do, if you're breaking in a young quarterback, you've got to establish the mentality, at least, of running the ball. You've got to. Even if you get stopped or stuffed, keep running it. You can't turn your team in your inexperience. That was Jalen Hurts' ninth start as a starting quarterback in the NFL. In theory, it's a rookie season. Nine games. Nine games. Now, look, am I down on him? They won. Do, does he need to play better? By the way, here, I'll bury the lead for you. Do I think the Eagles still need to go on and pursue a quarterback in the offseason? Yes. Did he show me something, Jalen Hurts, in this game on Sunday against Carolina? Yeah, but get this. He showed me something that I already knew that he had in him. He's a competitor. He competed like that when he was at Bama. He competed like that when he was at Oklahoma. And he competed when he got to Philadelphia with Carson Wentz for the locker room. He ends up winning it in the end. Birdman's right. Guys, the only stats in the NFL that matter is winning and losing. College football appearance matters. Remember that. College football, you have to kick the shit out of people, and you have to look good doing it. Look at Oklahoma. Oklahoma is still undefeated. 
They came back in a rivalry game over the weekend against Texas at the Cotton Bowl, right? They got knocked when it came to first-place votes for number one in the country. This is after Bama got beaten. They're losing votes, and they're losing traction. Well, you know, they played against a Texas team that was, you know, not looking very good early. I, I get it, but it's still a rivalry game. And anytime you're in a rivalry game, you've got to always take into consideration the emotion, especially when you're playing at a place like Kyle Field. Okay? Brotherly love. Great win for my squad. Absolutely, dude. That's a team win. All three parts of your football team, brotherly, stepped in. Special teams. Defense was awesome. After being maligned, everybody on that defensive side of the ball played great. Yeah, and here, though, Penn, Penn State got beat by Iowa. Um, they lost their quarterback. I think Penn State's a better team than Iowa, but they lost their quarterback. But watch this. Unlike politics, here with this, they lost. Wins and losses, man, in sports. Can't move the goalposts like you can in politics. I didn't lose that election. Yeah, whatever, guy. In sports, you lose a game, scoreboard, right? But look, look at look at what the Eagle defense did to Carolina. You held them to 18 points. You held them to 17 first downs. You held them under 275 yards of total offense at 267. You created three turnovers in the ball game, and you turned Sam Darnold back into Jet Sam Darnold. I mean, that's a great performance. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be undershadowed because you know why? Because everybody's looking at the quarterback play. Now, look, you got Tom Brady on a short work week. Brady just coming off throwing five touchdowns, too. Man, and Antonio Brown looks like he's back to being Antonio Brown, Pittsburgh Antonio Brown. I mean, he was uncoverable yesterday. And this they're doing this stuff with, get this, they're doing this stuff without Gronk, right? T. Lewis says that Gannon and the defense showed up. They did show up, okay? Birdman says any young quarterback should have a good running game. Has to. You have to have that. What do you think turned it around for Ben Roethlisberger this past weekend for Ben to look a lot better than he did in the last previous weeks? Okay, Najee Harris had over 100 yards rushing, and they were able to get play action going. They were able to, um, you know, not be a one-dimensional football team where they had to throw the ball 50 times in the air. After five games, not looking good. I think Ted throws it up there, and I think Ted makes a point here, guys. What grade would you give Jalen Hurts so far after five games this year? And, 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 and do this. Is he getting better? Is Jalen getting better, and is Nick Sirianni helping him? Okay? Jason, appreciate you coming aboard. Bucks still have two tight ends. O.J. Howard, I know, man, right? William, they got a lot of tools over there. T. Lewis says C. B. Says Jason. Charles, I would give him a B, okay? William says B. 
Eddie says, solid D. This was his worst game so far. Eddie, you know what you're saying, though? This was his worst game so far, and they won. His worst game, in my opinion, was the Cowboy game. That's that To me, that's where he looked confused, out of sorts. I thought Dallas had him. I mean, honestly, I came away from that Dallas game, and I went like this. I don't know. I don't know. Then he shows up against Kansas City, and I thought he played well. Okay? I like the way he fought. Now, look, that's not good enough in the NFL. Watch this. Good old college tries and merit badges for being tough. That doesn't count. I'm sorry, guys. I, I, I know that we want we, we wanted to work for him because he's such a good dude. But that's not how it works. Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if he's a good dude or not. I just know that guy's spectacular. Ted says, still can't read a whole field. Missing, he, he, correct, Ted. But, 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 Ted, that's to be expected. Okay, now, wait a minute. Are you, are you gauging that against what you're seeing with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert? And what you're seeing with Josh Allen? Those guys are seeing the whole entire field. Hey, I'll tell you what, the quarterback play right now in the NFL with guys under 25 years of age is unbelievable. That Justin Herbert kid is a generational talent. You know what? I'll make this point to you guys. I may actually take Justin Herbert over Patrick Mahomes right now. That kid is something else to watch. And get this, Kyler Murray's 5-0. and you got a couple styles of play now. Kyler Murray style, Lamar Jackson style. Justin Herbert's style, Patrick Mahomes' style. Everyone looks like they have an identity on how they play the quarterback position. It's how you want to build your offense around that particular skill set. Brotherly Love says Jalen fought hard, real hard this week. He sure did, and I give him a lot of love for that. But again, Brotherly, I don't know if we're evaluating it, and we're doing this. Watch this. Man, he's really a great here, – here, watch this. Here's my evaluation. Paul, he said it. Josh Allen is exceptional. Exceptional. They give you enough in the running game. The quarterback does a lot of RPOs, and they run the ball enough to keep you honest. That guy can make a throw, and he can make any throw on the field. Okay? He can make any throw on the field. Williams' Kyler has the best shot. Dude, he is. He's leading the charge right now for MVP. But watch this. Here's my assessment of Jalen. Hurts so far. Man, I like the kid. I think the kid's athletic. I think the kid is smart. I think the kid has command of the locker room. You notice what I'm not saying, though? Can he play quarterback? No, yes, but what I'm doing here is I'm naming you all the things that make us attracted to Jalen. Like, I'm not attracted to Aaron Rodgers as a human. But, boy, I'll tell you, when he spins that ball, shit, man, he's as good as it gets. And you forget about all that other stuff when he's spinning it like that. Yeah. Hey, watch this. Who would I rather have as a teammate? Jalen Hurts over Aaron Rodgers any day. But who would I rather have as my quarterback? It's a no-brainer, right? Watch this. Is he accurate? 
Let's ask here. Let's ask the most important questions here. Is he accurate? Kind of. Um, does he throw a nice football at times? Does he go through his progressions? Not really. You know what I mean? We're kind of like, we're kind of caught in the middle here a little bit with him. He, he, he's endearing like Dak. He's got a lot of Dak qualities in him, but he just doesn't play. Watch this. He's a cheap man's version of Dak Prescott. And I mean that with great respect to him because I'd like him as a teammate. Charles says, yeah, we're probably getting that Oklahoma quarterback watch. Ted says, can't throw open wide receiver, waits for them just way too long. Hey, hey, T. Lewis, I'm not bagging on him. I'm just going by what my eyes see of him so far. That's it. Okay? Nothing more, nothing less. You know, now you get the Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers, watch this. You know the problem that the Buccaneers are having? The Buccaneers are having problems in their secondary. That should play into, um, you know, the Eagles throwing the ball down the field with Devontae Smith. Okay. But is he accurate enough? And is that offensive line going to be able to hold up when you're talking about Shaq Barrett running and sacking quarterbacks? You know what I'm saying? Brotherly love. Jalen is a great athlete. By the way, I've always said this. One of the assets that I loved about the kid was the fact that the kid went from Nick Saban to Lincoln Riley's offense. Picked it up, and it wasn't even an issue. He's 23 years old. People gave up on Breeze to, to Favre. Um, people gave up. Hey, tape wait. People didn't give up on Drew Breeze. Drew Breeze injured his shoulder in San Diego, okay? Nobody gave up on Breeze, okay? The Falcons did give up on Favre. They traded him to Green Bay. Ron Wolf saw it and brought him up to Green Bay. But, but Breeze, Dr. Andrews had to put him together, and really nobody on the planet thought he was going to be able to throw the ball ever again. He goes on to a, an amazing career. Ted says constructive criticism is not hating. Uh, and, and, hey, hey, Ted, you know what? I'm not trying to w- waffle the, uh, the fence, and I'm not trying to straddle the fence here. All I'm saying is what I'm seeing in him so far. All right, let's take a timeout. Gary Cobb's going to join us around the corner from Fox 29 in Philly. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. <laughs> comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, 
and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at MessaLaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. I think John Gruden's in a little bit of trouble. Oh, man. Wow. Take it from me. I'm going to tell you guys something here, okay? Some of you know my history. I said something in 2012 that was so dumb. It was so dumb. I said something like, sign these three monkeys. And not realizing where it was going to land and how people were going to take it. Was it a racist comment? Probably. Am I a racist? Absolutely not. John Gruden writing a racist email. Does that make John Gruden a racist? I don't think so. I heard Mike Tirico stand up for him and say something. Mike Tirico worked with John Gruden for 11 years. He goes, I never at any time in our relationship, and he goes, I consider myself to be very close friends with with John Gruden. Never at any time did I ever think that or talk about that, but he's in some heat. We'll pick that stuff up here in a second here, but hey, man, I love that we get our friend Gary Cobb on each and every single Monday. Man, he is so kind to take time with us, Mm -hmm. and that was a gutsy performance, man. 21-18, you know, they, I thought they had the game in hand. They were at home, did Carolina. And when they got that punt block, I thought it changed the entire landscape of that game, and it, ta- it changed the temperature, it seemed, on the sidelines. And, Gary, is that what you kind of saw, too? It just changed the momentum. Well, well, that was the play of the game. I mean, um, and, you know, it just uh, just took the air out of the, the Panthers' but. Really, Darnold was struggling. I mean, some of the throws he made outside. He had a guy open short. See, he's being greedy. Trying to throw down, you know, to the second level. He's got, come on, he's got seven yards right there. Take the seven. 
he wouldn't take the seventh. He was greedy, and it cost him. And, and um, you know, uh, really two of those outside throws that he got picked off were because he was just being greedy. And, I, you know, I, I know he's had challenges in his decision-making, but clearly he's got an issue there. But, you know, you got to give the Eagles credit, too, because they baited him. You know, uh, they, they basically, you know, didn't jump it until, boy, that ball was in the air. They're all over it. But they obviously came into the game with, with the thinking that he would make mistakes. And he's he's been making mistakes now. They should have had that game put away because that fumble that was in the end zone, you got six guys back there fighting for the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they knock it out of bounds. They recover that ball, and that game's over just about, you know, because you got you got another uh, touchdown, and it would have been so deflating for the Eagles crew because they hadn't really been able to get anything going with their offense. Uh, but this is the kind of game, you know, uh, I, I was joking around with some guys today, you know, we used to say uh, in high school, an ugly, an ugly ride will beat a sporty walk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you know in high school, you got dudes with all kind of cars, man. You know, uh, the thing raggedy, man. This thing's about to blow up. But it's getting us from point A to point B, and that's better than walking. So, so you know, it's an ugly win. But, uh, you know, really good teams find ways to win ugly games, meaning they know, you know, they can, they can steal games away. And they stole that game because Carolina had really been the better team all the whole game. But two minutes, they took the lead two minutes to go. And that's, you know, it's how it finishes. It's not how it goes and everything. So this is one that really they had, um, uh, they played well enough to beat the 49ers, but the 49ers stole that game from them. Hey, whoever's got the, the lead when it's over, you get the W. So they, they'll take it. Uh, and it was kind of game where um, I got to get them credit in that they hung in there and continue to fight. And that's one thing about, you know, Jalen Hurts. I don't know that he's going to be the marquee quarterback and everything. I don't know that. But I do know that the kid's got he's, – he's got the, the toughness, mental toughness that you like to see in a leader. Let me throw this at you, too. And, Gary, I think what you're, you know, you're pointing to with Carolina, I think Gannon and the coaching staff on the defensive side – Figured out because if you don't have Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, they become so predictable. Yes, they and do. like you said, they get greedy in the passing game, and it really reared its head in the second half. But if you're Gannon, and you know this, you and I have, you know, stats and goals for every game: keep a team under 21 points, keep them under 280 yards in total yeah. offense. I mean, mm -hmm. look, they kept them under 18, 18 points, five of 15 on third down, which is exceptional. Yeah. 267 yards in total offense which, again, is exceptional, especially in today's NFL. Yeah. And they created three turnovers in this ball game. So what turned it around for them, you think, on defense in this well, game? Well, you know, I, I, th I think it was the turnovers. Uh, think about it. Those turnovers were at key times, too. Huge. Because uh, Jalen threw an interception. Whew. Eagles go back in, pick it off, you know, because he, he threw that interception. They're, they're trailing. And you know they're like a touchdown away from not being able to come back, but they went in, and um, uh, that was one of uh, Darius Slade's interceptions, you know, and he had two. And you know, Donald, he's eyeballing where he's going with the ball, 
and uh, you know he's gonna have problems the rest of the year. He's he just got, he cannot be so greedy. You know uh, he could take what you know be patient. That's what it is. And but what they did is the defense went on the field and got the ball back after um, you had uh, Jalen had thrown an interception. Uh, after the also after the um, uh, the the uh, the ball that was snapped over uh, Jalen's head, they went back in and they got the ball back then too. So those two uh, turnovers, see, that gave the team some life because if they had to let them drive down and score, I think it would have been been over for the Eagles. But they hung around, you know, and you know when you let a team hang around, yeah. and I was sitting there, I'm going, oh, boy, they're letting them hang around. Yeah. They're not putting them away. That ball was loose in the end zone. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, nobody jumped on it. They're, whatever. They're, uh, I don't know how you let that ball get out of there because <laughs> – you know, you had you had like four or five Panthers in there right by the ball. Like, what are you doing? And Jalen, I, I I said, boy, they're gonna get on him in that. And when they look at thing on the tape, because he didn't either jump on it or or whatever, kick it out of bounds. Kick whatever. it out of bounds. That's what I said. Kick it out of bounds. Take the penalty, man. But, kick it out but of it's bounds. like he didn't want to get hit. Yeah. You know, he's he's staying away. He's saying, okay, I don't want to get hurt. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that was one that uh and normally you know jason kelsey he's one of their better players now he snapped that ball over his head and it's the kind of thing where that game was laying in the balance there in the end zone because i think if the panthers jump on that ball that was pretty much it but but they let him hang around and then uh, i tell you the kid uh quez watkins this kid is he continues to show up and he's the fastest you know player they have on the team so he's got the speed, but he's a pretty good size wide receiver. So they got to find other ways to get him involved in, in the offense. And I, I just don't like what they're doing offensively. I mean, sometimes I'm going like, what are they doing offensively? I don't know. If if, uh, if I was the owner, I'd probably come down there, you know, to the locker room and say, hey, who was calling the plays? <laughs> okay, uh, whoever, whoever raised their hand, I said, well, okay. Now that's <laughs> now I just saved me some money because you're not getting paid, <laughs> and you're also not going back on the plane. <laughs> you know, you're out because that was just a terrible job of uh, the the play calling. They couldn't get anything going, and it just didn't seem like there were there was no creativity to the offense, uh, and and they get away from uh, you know any motion. Because if you look in the league now, they are really doing a great job utilizing motion because what they do is they get the linebackers and, and the defensive backs, they, they get them going the wrong way with their eyes. And so a lot of times they'll get that guy motion and they'll call it, they'll call the snap the ball just when he's behind the center or he's round, he's right there in that middle and he's going the other direction. Well, boom. Next thing you know, they're going to head the other way when you look at you're looking over there because it draws your eyes over there. And um, the Eagles, they had they had done more of that against the Chiefs, but they, they just they weren't doing it against uh, the car. I mean, uh, Carolina, because Carolina, they got some good pieces to their defense. You see, they got some good DBs. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the pass rush uh, really didn't get home as much as they probably would like it to. But, uh, you know, they got some good aspects to their game. But the big thing is, you know, their quarterback can't continue to make all those mistakes. You can't win with your quarterback throwing three picks. 
you know, that, and, and then you get a punt block too. That's, that's a lot of errors. Uh, even if they really kind of outplayed the Eagles, that's why every, you know, you got a lot of people, you know, and I you know, go to the grab something to eat and the people in the store goes, Oh, they're mad. They don't even want, you know, to accept the fact the Eagles won. Oh, that's terrible. What going to, they won. I mean, Hey, they found a way to win. I'm with you, man. I mean, look, you don't get you don't get style points in the NFL. You can no. win a game three to two. Let's move on. College football yeah. is a beauty pageant, not the NFL. But the yeah. things that you were saying, Gary, to me, uh-huh. the motion and all that stuff, I think this is all predicated on the inability, I should say, for them to run the ball. They ran it 22 times in this game. But still, yeah. man, I mean, Miles Sanders, I don't know if the kid's good or not. I can't yeah. tell because – they yeah. don't give him a chance to get into any kind of flow. That's right. They don't utilize any of their backs in the passing game. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it almost like motion. You and I are defenders, and we know this. Well, they're going to run the ball probably 15 times at best today. That's so, right. So, quite frankly, I'm just going to pin my ears back, or maybe I'm going to cover the seam and the, uh, the tight end coming off the line. Yeah. He's going to have a block and release because yep. I'm not going to believe in that running game. If they can't establish that, yep. you're making it predictable and one-dimensional. Do you agree? Yes, and, you know, I, I just don't see, you know, and, and this is something about a wide receiver coach being a head coach. You know, he thinks the answer to everything is, well, you know, we need to put in this little wrinkle in that route and everything. That's the answer to everything. That's not the answer to everything. And I just don't see the toughness side to where – you're going to be able to sit in there and talk to you guys and say, hey, close the door over there. Look, <laughs> this is nothing but a fist fight. Yeah. And I'll be doggone it. Hey, you big guys here, how much are we paying you guys? How much are these guys making? Yeah. Look, we're putting this ball in the, on the ground. Some of these plays, we're, we're going to hit these guys right in the mouth, and we don't care. And we want fighters. You guys got to be ready to fight. This is nothing but a fist fight. And – you know, you got to have that side to the coach where there's a toughness side because that's part of football. And I just don't see it with their running game, man. It, everything is trickery, you know, with uh, the, the run pass option and everything. And there's not that grit where you say, look, we're going to establish a running game and we're going to make it plain. And uh, the, the good teams that run the ball, they have certain runs that they're going to run. They don't care what you line up in. And they're going to run the ball. And the Eagles, they don't have that. I don't see that side to them. And I, I think part of it is because I think the coach looks at things, everything through that wide receiver coach eyes. But you got to have a, a, a physical toughness factor to your team because that's part of the game. You know, you can't get away from that too much. So I would like them to come out and start saying, you know, hey, we're running the ball 25 times. You know, it's just a matter of when we're going to take them. But you can't get so far away from the run to where you're going to beat good teams. Now, they won that game, but Carolina helped them because Carolina, you know, made enough mistakes. Uh, not that you, you got to give them credit. They get they get the W. But against a good team, you're not going to win. So Gary, they got to get that run game going. Gary, do you agree when I say everything you're saying? You you can't build football teams from the perimeter in, and I don't think you can win games from the perimeter in. Yep. And to me, like you say, you know, Sirianni is looking through the wide receiver's lens and the wide receiver kaleidoscope, yep. and usually 
that turns your team into a finesse team. And I'm not going to call them soft, but it's a soft mentality, like you say, that, you know, you're looking for space. You're not looking to pound the ball. You're not looking to get into that fist fight. You're looking to try to outsmart. I'm all for outsmarting, Yes, but I'm also, it's football, and you've got to line up. And that's where I thought the defense, at least on the other side, they played with a force in their heart grave, like you yeah. say, dude. Yeah. Since the first day, you said, Dan, watch this guy. He, he's he's not just going to the Pro Bowl. He's an all-pro. That yeah. guy is something else. Yes, but on is. the other side of the football, I think what it does, the identity of the Eagles right now is, watch this, they occasionally play really tough defense on one side of the ball. And I don't want to say the word soft, but, okay, let's use finesse on mm-hmm. offense. And it just doesn't seem to mix it up right now. Do you think he's too finesse of a coach it, it, it's, for this uh, offense? I, I definitely. I mean, I, I've been over there for the practices, you know, hearing him talk. You know, I just – he does not emphasize that part. Where, look, you got to be able to tell your guys, look, we are winning this fight. And we're going to – I want you to do whatever you got to do. We got to move this guy out of this hole. And that's part of it. It's nothing more than that. And I think you you got you got some players that I think they can play on that level. I mean, they got some uh, offensive linemen that I think want to do that. Come on, offensive linemen, they like to run block. Yeah. They don't want – come on. And and then you – but you're going to throw the ball so much, you really put them in a in a tough situation where, come on, you you got some very athletic guys coming off that corner. I mean, how many times this guy got to block that guy? Let him knock him in the mouth a couple times, you know? And uh, I, I, I just think that he's got to learn that, you know, and clearly he's learning uh, to be a, a head coach. He's, he's really learning and he cannot get away from that part of it. And I, I think he needs some older guys around there. I, you know, I, I mean, he's got one good, uh, you know, older coach, the, the, uh, the offensive line coach. But I think he needs some veteran coaches around there to really get in his ear and say, hey, coach, you know, we need to let these guys come up, fire off and and hit somebody and let them know. So we need some regular running plays, not not RPOs. Everything's RPO. I mean, come on. Let the guy, you know, get. let's get us established with, you know, some, some runs off the corner where these guys are going to double team. Even if we bring in extra tight end or even if we bring in uh, one of the guards and put him at fullback or whatever, we, we need to have that side to yeah. us to where, you know, like on the goal line, going like, Look, we're not we're not running any trickery down here. Get some extra, put some of them guards <laughs> at fullback. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they're just not very got... Gary. They're just not very tough in the red zone, dude. I just no. I don't I don't I I just don't the respect trickery. the play calling hey, down there. Hey, another touchdown callback. Come on, yeah. You know, I, and, I, and they don't teach that right, but but you see how you see where his mind is at. We got to run a pick play to get in the end zone every week. And he got every called week. on it. And they got called on it. And they got called on it again. They've had this team is on the way to be to have the most touchdowns called back in the history of the game. <laughs> They've already got like five. Because you got you got two wide receivers. Both of them got pushed out of bounds and they caught touchdowns. Those were called back. You've had uh, at least two or three pick plays have been called back. And then there was a, 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 a offensive lineman downfield that was called back. Yep. So that's five games, five touchdowns called back. They're trying to break a record. 
It's not a good record. It's not a good record. It's not a good record. Thursday night football against the Bucks. Tell me not, a little bit about preparation now. Now you're going to be playing against yeah. Tom Brady. He's coming into the link. That's an advantage. At least you got the guy at home. Yep. I mean, they've struggled in the secondary. Now the Bucks have injuries all over the secondary. One of the reasons why they signed Richard Sherman. Yep. You know, but here's a football team that struggles and really with accuracy with the quarterback position. So tell me how you see the preparation this week for Eagles and Bucks. Well, uh, we know. I mean, uh, you know, we've been talking about Nick Sirianni, and uh, Nick is going to try to, you know, win this game throwing the ball. Of course, you know, they got those injuries. So, you know, they're going to try to throw the ball. Uh, they're not going to be coming in there trying to run the, the ball against the Bucks. And with his mentality that he said before, when he was looking at them playing the Chiefs, you know he's looking at them paying the Bucks. He's saying, hey, these guys are going to score some points. So the Eagles are going to try to emulate them, and they're going to throw the ball 50 times. I mean, you might as well know that's the kind of game you're going to play. And, you know, it's going to be tough for them to win this game. I mean, because they got a young team. You got veterans over there with Tampa Bay. Uh, these guys know what it takes, and, and, and they know how to make adjustments during the game. So it's, it's going to be a tough, tough game to go in there and win. But the big thing they want to do, and I, I just want to just talk about this just a little bit, is the fact that even though they want to win every game, ultimately this year is not just about that. This is about finding your young players. You know, uh, who do we have on this team that we know this is one of our guys that we can win with this kid? And so they're looking for those type of players. and so. Uh, that, that's a big thing to see. Now, I just hopefully that, you know, Jalen plays well, that you have, uh, you know, Sanders be a part of the game plan. You know, you get Devontae Smith, that he comes in and, and is able to contribute. So Because they're competing against some quality players. This team won the Super Bowl last year. So when you play against these type of quality teams, you get a chance to say, hey, how good am I? Well, if you can compete with them, you know that, hey, you're on a marquee level playoff team level team eventually has a chance to win a championship you know if you can't compete with them then you have to go back to the drawing board and go okay we we, we know kind of how far we got to go we and, and, and gary to go. gary yeah. to your point i think yeah. the thing that galvanized the cowboys when the cowboys walked off that field that raymond james against the buccaneers yes what you just said to yeah. me i think that galvanized not just dak yes but everybody on that cowboy team because ever since that game Yep. They played lights out football because I think a game like that, even in the loss, right? Yes, you're it right. Gave them belief, right? That's right, and you're exactly right. That's what it did. It was kind of a, a way in which say hey, we're playing against these guys won the Super Bowl last year, and we went toe to toe with them. So we know we we are one of the good teams in the league, and and the Cowboys are clearly playing like a confident team, to where they they're playing the game going. It's just a matter of time. We're taking over this game. And we're going to win this game walking away. And that's what they've been doing. They've been pretty much dominating everybody they played. And the Eagles hope to at least show themselves somewhere on that road, you know, where you're on that road. And this is a measurement, you know, because if you can go in and keep it competitive and where you're in the fourth quarter and you're fighting tooth to tooth, yeah. you know, you know that, hey, we have, we've made some progress. Now, if yeah. you're going there and, uh, you know, you look up, and the fans are leaving, and it's the third quarter. You know you got a long way to go. We don't want that. <laughs> and it'll get ugly in Philly. We don't need that. We need Absolutely. Hey, hey Gary, yeah. I've got to ask you this one here. 
Yeah. And I'm going to take you off script here for a second. Uh huh. Okay. I know you've heard the story of John Gruden. Yeah. As mm -hmm. a team leader. Yeah. How would you handle that situation with something that happened in 2011? Yeah. And personally, I don't care if it happened in 2011 or 11 minutes ago. Yeah. Okay. So to me, it's something that does have to be addressed. Josh Allen had to address uh, tweets he made years ago on his Twitter when he yeah. first was signed by Buffalo. Yeah. He had to answer that. Yeah. How would you as a team leader handle that locker room? Well, you know, the big thing is, you know, now I, I know John Gruden. See, I, I, I do too. I, and I, had a, yeah. I don't believe he's a racist, Gary. No, I, I just said, I think right. he said something that was racist. Yeah. He said something that was racist. And, you know, there will be times somebody could get mad at somebody and say something and, and uh, and not really, you know, mean it where they mean it to the core of it, but they just making an insult because they're mad. But I, I think the thing that you got to do is, you know, he needs to talk to his players. You need uh, the guys that know him talk to his players and be straight up about it, which I, I saw what he had said, that he came out and he you know, admitted what he had done. And and uh, hopefully, you know, I didn't want to see you know people get uh, shredded just for stuff like that, because, uh, you know, I think John has been. Well, I, I, you know, I met John years ago when he was working for um, uh, Ray Rhodes. Yeah. You know, and Ray Rhodes always a straight up guy. And uh, and I I met him there and I've known him for years. And uh, he never had any kind of problem here because, I mean, look how, you know, the, the majority of the league is black. He's never had any problem with no. any players in the league. And, you know, if there was an issue, it would have come out years ago. Come on. Even you know, Tarico, even Tarico, who's worked with him for 11 years, goes like this. I've been around John Gruden. I've been over to his house. I go, I've never witnessed anything like that. So, yeah. again, we're in cancel culture time now, Gary. So, you know, I mean, and, like you and, and I said, is, I mean, it's stupid. 10, 11 years ago, why does it come out, you know, all of a sudden now? You yeah. Know, it's like people are trying to take people out. You know, yeah. like I said, if somebody's got an issue, it, it, it comes out because, come on. 70, 80% of the league is, is black. And, yep. you know, if it's an issue, it would have come out, you know? Yeah, so. yep. absolutely. Hey, Gary, I yep. appreciate it, my friend. Awesome stuff as always. Thank you so much, Gary. Good deal. Have a great you one. You got it. Our friend Gary Cobb from Fox 29 will take a brief time out. Get back to all your thoughts. Jim, Robert, Jay, appreciate you guys all coming aboard here on a Football Monday for the National Football Show. <laughs> comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You... 
could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Football Monday, National Football. How about Gary Cobb saying that the play calling is, I guess, in essence, too soft? And it all is really predicated, once again, off of the inability to run the ball. Okay? Eddie Edwards says it's still the fact that Gruden said it and the impact that could have on your team today, which is 90% black. We'll get more to that comment here in a second here eddie one one thing on the gruden comment i don't think john gruden's a racist either okay i think john gruden said something racist and for you to put it down on an email like that bro i mean really what are you thinking now do i think bruce allen a former president of the organization uh turned him in no it was the investigation into the handling of the Washington team by Daniel Snyder, the owner, and these 650,000 emails that the NFL went through, they ended up finding it and seeing some of these uh, comments that John Gruden. Well, my question would be, if it's an investigation, how did those emails get public? Did the league and the investigation just out of nowhere just decide to turn those over to the media? How did an investigation of 650,000 emails and the Washington organization get out there in the public like that. Okay. Was it Doug Williams? Was it, and I'm, I'm not saying Doug did it. I'm saying because Doug got fired by John, but then Bruce Allen hired him back to the Washington football team and put him in the organization. So I, I don't believe it's Doug. Is it Snyder? Is it the league? Who in the league did that? The timing's really weird. Eddie. He's not a racist. and it, It's stupid, completely dumb. Who talks like that in an email? You know what I'm saying? Who talks like that in general? And for the record, let me say this to you too. And I'll go here, and we'll get back on where we were here, and I'll end it here. As a white player on a football team, that something like this happens. I don't want that in my locker room also. You know why? Because if that kind of crap is in my locker room, people in the public are going to assume that I endorse that. 
You know how sometimes when you take a guy with bad character, spousal abuse, somebody beating on his girlfriend, okay? I don't really like those guys in my locker room because I don't want to have to answer to some media turd going, hey, so what do you make of this guy being in your locker room? He beat his wife. I, I'm here to play football, dude. I, I, I don't want to be answering questions for Richie Incognito. I, I'm here to play football. But what happens is you get identified with that locker room. Oh, just Neanderthal dudes in the locker room, and they, they, they tolerate that. Even white players. Nobody wants that because it identifies me with the guy who said it, and if I don't say anything about it, that means I'm culpable. And I'm, I'm almost like a, you know, a person like who sits in the car when somebody robs you know, a 7-Eleven. You know, well, I just drove them there. I don't want to be part of that. I don't want to have that near me. I don't want to have anybody associate me with that. I don't want to be an accomplice to it. And when you have men in the locker room and something like that is said, then it becomes a problem for everybody in the locker room. doesn't matter what your color is. We're all in this together, man. There's no black and white with the players. You know the players don't give a – they don't give a shit about the color of who your teammate is. Can he play? I don't care who he's having sex with. I don't care what your religion is. I don't care what your politics are, man. Muslims, Catholics, Jews, all of it. Can you play? Bottom line, can you play? Well, he's the – dude, only in society does that matter to you guys. And I don't – I'm not saying the guys that are here with us today, Okay. I'm saying this. Do you know the greatest locker room lesson and the greatest classroom I ever had was at the University of Miami? I went to school. Get this. I went to school with a majority of white kids in a Catholic high school in Stanford, Connecticut. Okay? I got to Miami. 95% of my roster was black. I, I, I was like this, and I had black roommates. And I'll never forget, and I'm going like, you know, Coach. Coach Johnson looked at me and went, what? What's the greatest thing ever happened to me? Because I saw people for who they were, not on the outside of who, what their skin color was. My brothers at the University of Miami are my brothers to this day. I love every fucking one of them. Every fucking one of them. I would, I would die for these guys, man. Things we did together, the, the stories that we have, they're legendary. The times were great. There's no, and, and Jim says, no room for hate. Same with our country. Absolutely, man. Folks, politicians divide us. Americans don't. News media divides us. Not Americans. Dude, the people that represent us and the people that cover us don't represent us on a day-to-day -day basis. They're out of touch with reality. They have to sell coronavirus. They have to sell hate. They have to sell critical race theory. They have to do all that stuff. I mean, they have to. That's how they make a living. When you're in an NFL or college or high school or whatever locker room, Dude, you look, all, you look over at your guy, 
and you're sweating your ass off. You guys are hurting. You're beat up. Well, okay, you know, he's black. <laughs> what, what does that have to do with anybody when you're in a foxhole like that? Okay? has nothing to do with it. Yeah, hey, you guys, hey, real quick here. You want to hear a really great Jerome Brown, Dan Cilio story? Okay, this is salty, though. Okay, this wouldn't be able, I don't think, to be said on the radio, but I'll tell you a salty story. So we go up to West Virginia. Guys, racist place I've ever been to. West Virginia, Morgantown, we rolled into this place, the Miami Hurricanes. We roll in there. And dog, get this, they're burning couches. Guys had nooses around their neck. I'm sitting here going like this. What in the fuck is this? Honestly, I only read about dudes like this in books and saw it on TV. And I, I hadn't seen anything, man. So we beat the pit. I think we had 35 points on uh, West Virginia in the first eight minutes. We beat the hell out of them. We're number one. We're killing them, right? We blow them out. The game was so bad, it took us off the air because we were killing them. So we get in the bus, and we're driving out, and these guys are burning crosses. Alonzo knows this story. We're driving out. These guys have nooses. Couches they're burning. All of a sudden, we pull to a stop sign. They start shaking the bus. I turn around and look at Jerome and go like this. Hey, JB, you guys are on your own today. <laughs> Everybody in the and the bus started laughing, and we were all sitting there. And Jerome's like, man, this is some really crazy shit in here. And I, I looked over at him. I said, hey, man, this is crazy shit. Oh, yeah, you guys are on your own. <laughs> so you can't tell that story in public because people would – hey, Eddie, people would go, oh, Eddie, we were afraid. I was afraid. Dude, I was afraid, man. All these people, man, look like the banjo player from – like um, deliverance. I kept hearing that in my ear. I kept going like this. Holy cow here, man. I was like, man, I kept hearing that banjo, man. I go, can we get the hell out of here, please? The only time I've ever been afraid on a team trip was that, was that time, man. I thought they were going to tip the bus over. I, hey, 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 I was like, I just, me and Jerome, Jerome kept going. I was just absolutely, all right, we'll reset some of, some of the huge games over the weekend. We'll talk Bama and Texas A&M. How about Dumbo Fisher getting it done against, against Nick Saban? Bunch of football. Back to the Eagles and Carolina Panthers. We'll do it next. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. <laughs> When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. 
at Messon Associates for an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back on this Football Monday to the National Football Show. Birdman, you're, you're one of my favorites, man. Thank you so much. 50,000 people should be watching this show. We'll get there. We'll get there, man. I'm here with the Krauses for a reason. You know why? I invest in people. You think I'm doing this right now for the amount of money I'm making? I'm doing this for the finish line, not the start gate. I'm a finish line guy. I'm a finish line. People who buy into big sales, hey, man, we're good. Like a coach buying into you. All right, sales, I'm going to give you the doorway. Can you close it behind you? Can you close the door behind you? Just like in football, man, we're in a performance business. Everybody can love everybody like we love Jalen. Krause Jr. said it to me before we even went on the air in the first hour. I love the kid, man. I just hope he has the talent. Nothing personal. This is about performance, man. Hey, by the way, really cool you guys did uh, remind me. If you can, please like the show. And if you missed any of it, um, like it, share it later on, watch it later on. We really appreciate it. You guys end up blowing it up. Usually, as the week goes on, man, you guys watch these shows. It's really cool. So thank you so much. I mean, I, I can't thank you enough, you guys. William, thank you so much for coming aboard, man. All of you guys and all you freaks are just absolutely special to me, and I appreciate it. By the way, I want to show you guys something. The difference between believing in a player and a coach not believing in a player. Did any of you guys get a chance to watch that Cleveland Brown game when they took on the Chargers? Did you, did you watch any of the game or did you watch any of the play calling in the fourth quarter when you were 
watching the way that Justin Herbert was throwing the ball down the field versus watching the way that Kevin Stefanski was handling Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield had a nice game, but Baker Mayfield had a miserable game. You know why? Because as the game kept getting closer and closer and closer to the finish line, Kevin Stefanski decided to take the game more and more and more out of his hands. Did you notice that? Kept kept taking. How are you only running the football three times and you need a score to win? You had a third and ten and you ran the ball in the fourth with two minutes left in the game? You were hoping that you were going to go kick the ball, they would turn the ball over, and you would win on a field goal. That's called winning in spite of your quarterback you have on your field. Look at the way Baker Mayfield matches up against Justin Herbert. It's night and day. You're not going to win with Baker Mayfield the games you need. Hey, that's a decision also that the Eagles have to make. You're going to win games with Jalen. But Jalen and Baker Mayfield are a lot alike. Are you going to turn the game over fourth quarter to Jalen Hurts? to try to win a game when he's not the most accurate guy and you can't run the ball. Do you know the only thing saving Baker Mayfield's job right now is Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. He can't get Odell Beckham involved in the offense at all. Jarvis Landry's out the tight end's a hell of a player. You notice they run the rock. Birdman, Justin Herbert is a superstar. I might say this to you guys. Watch this. I might take Justin Herbert right now over Patrick Mahomes. You know, when I watch Kansas City play now, and I, I, I said it, I thought Buffalo would blow them out, and they did. If you go back and you look at that Friday show, I said I thought Buffalo would blow Kansas City out. And they blew them out. The game was not even really close. I mean, the, the defense on the other side of the football for Kansas City right now, Kansas City can't defend. And when you got a quarterback like Josh Allen throwing the ball against you and they're doing those RPOs, he runs you off the field. I mean, Josh Allen was a better-looking quarterback than what Mahomes was on Sunday night. Okay, here, I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to show you a stat that we did on my Twitter page too, by the way. I, I, I did a poll on my Twitter page on talking about some of the youngest quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Who would you want to have? Yeah, William Casey can't stop anybody right now. Here's who I, Here's what I said. And we got about 450 votes so far. What young NFL quarterback would you want to start your franchise? I put Kyler Murray. I put Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert. 66% of the people want Josh Allen. 20% said... Justin Herbert, 11% said Patrick Mahomes, and only 3% said Kyler Murray. Kind of funny, huh? Who would I want with those young quarterbacks in the game? Lamar Jackson? Ah, Man, if I'm a wide receiver, do you want to play in Baltimore? You know? Oh, Jim. The reason – Jim brings a great point up. Great time for fans. You think the quarterback play is really great, isn't it? It is. You know why? 
I, I heard a sportscaster saying something about we're in the best time a quarterback play maybe the NFL has ever had. It's true. You know why? Do you know why it's that way? Well, because you can't hit them. Can't hit receivers. The game has more spacing to it now. The running attacks aren't as prevalent as it used to be back in the day. I mean, quarterbacks now are 200 consecutive game streaks because you can't hit them any longer. Shakur says, give me Allen. Man, he is really great. By the way, I told you this. Look at the coaching that he's getting with Sean McDermott there. A special player, man. And he is really taking advantage of the great coaching. They're kicking ass on defense. They are kicking ass. Williams says, Kyler's like the best of both worlds. Birdman, Mahomes has the biggest resume but hasn't played great in Super Bowls. Yeah, he played really, like you said, a really great fourth quarter in the Super Bowl win against San Francisco. New York Giants knocks himself. Oh, my God. Hey, hey, smile. I would think also if you really want to put it out there, the Miami Dolphins took Tua before Justin Herbert. I believe Herbert was six, and I think Tua was five in that respected draft. Anthony Price says, I could see Josh Allen winning MVP this season if he keeps playing amazingly. You're right, Anthony. But get this: Kyler Murray's undefeated in five and zero in the toughest division in football. Josh Allen has the affordability of playing in the AFC East. I mean, the Jets aren't going to do anything. The Dolphins are in are in disarray right now. Patriots got a lucky win against the Texans this past weekend. Okay, Jace is going to watch some Carson Wentz tonight. Wentz versus Lamar Jackson tonight. Oh, boy. I'll tell you something else, too. Hey, this Joe Burrow can play. We, we, I, I know field goal kicking was not anything to watch in that game against Green Bay. But I got to tell you, man, even Joe Burrow, I mean, he's winning and he's playing the way he is in spite, in spite of the Cincinnati Bengal organization with the Browns owning the team. I mean it. Joe Burrow was good. Duke got knocked on his ass. Went to the hospital after the game. And is back at the complex. Dude, I'll tell you what. That's a quarterback that I want to go to war with. Man, I love him. Toughness. Had kind of a tough road where he got, you know, into a conversation with coaches at Ohio State that they didn't believe in him. They didn't believe in him. Think of that. Ohio State said you have to transfer. Joe, you can't quarterback here in Columbus. And Joe had to go somewhere else and prove it. And he was right in the end. He was totally right. William says Joe Burrow's a star. He is. I, I love everything about the guy. Smile says I was going to watch MLB playoffs, but Wentz might get me over to the NFL. Oh, I'll be going back and forth. But there's no question I'll be watching. Hey, and hey, any Eagle fans? You better hope that guy stays healthy. You better hope he stays healthy. He's got to play 75% of the regular season snaps for you to turn that thing into a first-round draft choice for you going into next year's uh, NFL draft. You've got to hope that guy plays his ass off. Okay? I'm not saying you have to hope that this guy goes out and starts playing football like he's Justin Herbert or something, okay? But you got to hope this guy goes out there and plays 
like, you know, like his hair's on fire. Robert says Belichick needs to stick to his defensive mind, acknowledge, and apply it to the defense, not offense. You know, that's funny you should say that, though, Robert. Do you know something here? I'm going to make a point to you. Robert, do you know that Bill Belichick has four quarterbacks that he drafted starting in the NFL on weekends? He's got four quarterbacks starting in the NFL, and one of them is the greatest player in the history of the position. Are you, are you suggesting that he doesn't know quarterbacks? He's defended enough of them. Jacoby Brissett is a starter in Miami while Tua's being um, dealt with in his injuries. Brady, Mac Jones, and the other one, Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, that's right. Garoppolo's injured, so there's only three. That's right. Garoppolo's out. Wick says Dan's getting ready for Santa this year. No, man. Hey, Wick, it's football season. But I like to look a little hungry. Well, not, well I'm trying to at least. I don't know. Go Birds. Okay, hey, we're going to talk about the uh, Buccaneer game coming up. We'll talk about the Bucks game coming up. Yeah, but Robert, I, Garoppolo's injured. Trey Lance played last week. Love that guy. Let, let, yeah, that whole story with Mayfield. Baker gets so upset that people call him out for what reality is. He thinks this is, like, personal. I don't care, and I don't care to know him. I'm not going to break bread with him. I'm one of those guys. I, I mean, I don't care. I like relationships. I have a ton of them. But it's not important to me whether he likes me or not. You know, I watch games. Dan, don't go to the link. Don't go to the link with a white beard. You get another snowball with a battery. How you doing? That's a, that's a Philly snowball. <laughs> Shakur says, Sills, do you like our chances on Thursday night? Here's what's helping you. Short work week, okay? Short work week. It's at home, okay? Buccaneers, and this is all strategically done. Buccaneers are going to play on a short work week, but they were at home at Raymond James. They weren't on the road and then on the road short work week. The NFL doesn't want to do that. So this was scheduled precisely like this. At home, Raymond James. Short work week, they have these couple days here to prepare. You probably won't even be in any kind of uh, hitting whatsoever. You'll probably be just in helmets and shells, uh, shoulder pads, and you'll get yourself prepared to play. Now, here, here, here's where I'll go here. You know, just ask the question, do you think we have a shot? Shakur says, do you think we have a shot on Thursday night? Okay, well, let's take a look at the Bucs so far. Let's look at the Bucs here. What are the Bucs doing really well? Brady spreading the ball out. Brady spreading the ball out all over the yard. And what is Brady doing that really makes it hard to get to him? It's rhythm, and he's on timing. He gets to his spot. Remember what I told you? Every quarterback, guys, when they drop back, there's a favorite spot. Monty Kiffin told me this, defensive coordinator for the Buccaneers back in the day. Every quarterback has a spot that they like to get to. And they're going to go like this. One, two, three, four, back, back, release, tight end, whatever, depending on how good you are in processing the intel. Certain quarterbacks, when they get back in their seventh step, like Brady will do this. You know how Brady controls the team, the field? 
Brady is so brilliant. At, you watch him how he does it. This is going to be essential for the Eagles not to be not, – not to take the bait. Brady will do this to move the, for, the free and strong safety. He'll move his head here knowing full well he's trying to get Antonio Brown one-on-one down the sideline, especially if you're going four wide. So what you're doing is Brady is doing over here. Brady's going to go here, and he's going to take half of this field because he's trying to slide the defense. The linebackers will slide in coverage. The free and strong will slide to the hash, and you're trying to get a one-on-one over there, either with Gronk. I don't know if Gronk's going to play Thursday night. I don't know. But either Gronk going up the seam, Brown getting up one-on-one, or a back like Leonard Fournette who could catch the ball out of the backfield. Fournette three years ago at 78 catches when he was in Jacksonville. So that's right. Jamie never looks at the number one target. He's always – when Brady snaps the ball, watch Jalen. Jalen kind of tips it off and makes it predictable a little bit still, but that's okay. It's only nine starts. You know, when I – see, I watch the game a little bit different, and there's tip-offs that everybody does. Okay? There's little key tips. Here's Drew Brees. Watch this. Watch this. Peyton Manning used to do this. See what I'm doing? Now watch this. Come to the line of scrimmage. Turn around. Hand off. Here's Tom. Here was um, Peyton Manning and sometimes Brees. They had this habit of licking their fingers before they were going to throw the ball. And you look for all these little tip-offs that they have. And how they preset you. Because they're trying to get an advantage on you. So, But Brady is so brilliant because he moves guys around with his head. That's going to be a key component to the Eagles on Thursday night. If they're able to really not bite on a lot of the misdirection plays that uh, Byron Leftwich is going to throw at them, plus Brady moving the defenses around like this, you've got to really stay to your technique. Here's something, here's something else. Always remember this, okay? If you watch the football, it'll always take you away from the play. If you watch your techniques in front of you, it'll always take you to the ball. Always take you to the ball. Always know that. You know how many times you see guys lift their head up, they go into the ball, all of a sudden it's misdirection, and you're out of the play. In the NFL, everything is technique. That's why when Sirianni's not running the ball but 22 times in a ball game and you become predictable and you're trying to win games from the perimeter. See, Sirianni's trying to win games from the perimeter. You're never going to win football games from the perimeter. Why did the Buccaneers win the Super Bowl? Leonard Fournette got hot running the ball. The Buccaneers ran the ball, especially in the third and fourth quarter against Kansas City, and that's how they won the game. Brady didn't have gaudy stats in that game. It was really the running attack and the defense that stepped up. I'll finish this up. I'll tell you if I'll tell you if the Eagles have a shot Thursday night. Okay, we'll do that. Do they have a shot Thursday night? I got a hit on the Alabama upset at the hands of Dumbo Fisher. We'll do that. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. <laughs>
when it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Joey B, Big Sills doesn't go to bars with dudes. No, 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 no. Hey, Dan, a couple of the guys are getting together. Do you want to go to the bar and have a couple pops? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> Before you know it, Joey B, you're pinned to some bar next, you know, next to the door, and his name is Chip. And you're like, no, nah, I, I, you know, I don't know, man. I, I don't think so, man. I, you know, big seals don't go to bars with chick or with dudes. It's not happening. Hey, would you like to go out to uh, a bar? With who? You? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> Why? I'll meet you. No, no, that's okay. I'll, you know. King James, how you doing, brother? No, no, no. Hey, Dan, you want a shot? Yeah, I'll take one. So what do you make of the Bears? It got... <laughs> Don't you do sports? Yeah, 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 no. no. Unless I'm there to see my guys, like you guys. It's not happening. Hey, Dan, you want to go watch Bama A&M? No. No. No, we'll, we'll have a couple beers together. <laughs> I don't... Drink beers with dudes in a bar, man. <laughs> no, no, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Eddie, no, Big Sills, no wing, man. Hey, man, will you go with me, man? I'm trying to, I'm trying to tag this chick here, man. <laughs> but then, hey, bro, you're on your own. 
if the plane goes down, you're the pilot and the co-pilot. Big sales not happening. <laughs> James, thanks for coming aboard. Nagy's a dope. He won. Wait a minute, man. Jim, Nagy won. Didn't your quarterback have 100 yards? You see everybody praising Justin Fields? 100 yards. That Bears defense showed up, Jim. The Bears were spectacular in that football game over the weekend. Right? They were spectacular over the weekend. Khalil Mack was all over the place. Sack, a couple TFLs and all that, right? Lucky, no doubt. Joey, wingman. Hey, Sills, you want a half a sandwich? No. Here's a couple things you'll always need to know about Big Sills. I don't go to bars with dudes. I'm not a half a sandwich guy. And when you cut me a piece of pie, it's a honk. Not a slice. It's a honk. So can we beat the Bucks? Nunez said. Well, if there's torrential downpours in Philly, here, here's what we have to hope. Do you think that we can get, like, I don't know, hmm, how can I do this with being politically correct? Because I don't want anyone crying and finding a podcast that I said something that could be misconstrued because, you know, nowadays you have to kind of watch what you say because they'll bring something up that you said 70 years ago. So how can I do this? All right. I know how to do it. Okay. No, 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 Xander. I, I don't need slices. Honks. I need a guy who can make it rain. And Oh, no, no, I know what I'll do. The groundskeepers over at the link on Wednesday night need to turn the water on. This is an old Al Davis trick. I'm not kidding you. This is Al Davis told me they used to do this to the Charger teams when they had John Jefferson and they had Kellen Winslow Sr. and they had Joyner and Chuck Muncie and Dan Fouts. Do you know what Al Davis used to do the night before a game? And it never rains in Oakland, right? Hey, hey, Wes Chandler told me this story. So one day they show up to the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. This is where the Raiders played. Place is completely a mud pit. Completely a mud pit. Wes goes like this. Did it rain last night here in Oakland? No, there was a sprinkler issue. What do you mean there was a sprinkler issue? Yeah, there's a sprinkler issue, and it flooded the field. Well, obviously, if you have a fast football team, you want a slow field. That's how the Raiders would slow down that Air Coriel attack. They would flood the field. You ever notice those old, those old Charger games at the Coliseum? <laughs> Al would turn the water on the night before and flood the field. He didn't want those guys getting behind Willie Brown or Tatum or George Atkinson or any of them guys. Hey, because he knew they didn't have the speed to cover Jefferson. Jefferson was crazy great, John Jefferson. And so was Wes Chandler. And so they slowed him down. So this is what I would do if I was the grounds crew over at the link. Wednesday, flood it. You can't get you cannot let the buck wide receivers, Mike Evans and Antonio Brown, you can't let them guys get back behind you, man. Man, those guys are playing really good football, and this is without Gronkowski in there. So you've got to figure out how to slow down that speed and getting deep on you. What is that going to do, and what's Brady going to do? Brady knows you're kind of soft in the secondary right now. 
Sam Darnold, like uh, Gary Cobb said in the last hour, Sam Darnold was missing throws, and he was all over the joint because Christian McCaffrey wasn't in the backfield, and it made them predictable. You're not going to have that issue with the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Brady's going to chuck those footballs down the field, loosen the backers off the line of scrimmage. They're going to run the ball, and then they're going to move the backers up on the line of scrimmage, and Brady's going to go over the top with you. And if Gronk goes, I'm not sure he's going yet. I'd like to have somebody tell me if he's going to go on Thursday night because if he goes, wow. They're doing all this without Gronk. The question would be, here's the deal for the only way the Eagles, and they have not shown one, they have not shown a propensity at any time to be committed to running the ball. Stop with that perimeter stuff. They think that they, what happens when you do this? Guys, when you think you can win football games with your wide receivers, what traditionally happens? You become a finesse team. The worst word, hey, the worst word you can hear in Philly by those fans is this. Well, we're a finesse team now because you know that's code for soft. Nobody wants finesse. That's what happens to the Steelers sometimes. Steelers fall in love back in the day with Ben Roethlisberger's arms, and they got away from the quintessential thing that made Steeler football great. What was that? Run the ball. Isn't it funny? Teams that have the ability to run the ball. Why do you think the Cowboys are playing better football now? Why do you think they're playing better football? Okay? They're playing better football because Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott are running the are running the football. And it's loosening the line of scrimmage up. You're getting play action out of that. And the ability to go over the top, that's why you're starting to see CeeDee Lamb last week against the Giants. CeeDee Lamb started getting open more and more and more because you're seeing the running attack really start to be something that defensive coordinators are doing now like this. Look, well, maybe Zeke's not finished. Maybe Zeke's not finished here, and that's what's made the Cowboys better, and plus their defense, obviously. Cowboys right now, again, I mean, look, Saquon Barkley gets hurt in that football game, right? <laughs> he gets hurt in that game. And um, they really turned into one-dimensional. Daniel Jones ain't going to win any games like that. Again, I guess I'm going all around my ass to get to the answer here, but do the – Eagles have a shot to win this game. I really don't see where you match your wits up. Linebackers on even your corners on all those guys. Who's covering Antonio Brown? Right? Who's covering the backside of the backfield? The Eagle linebackers? Right, Wick? Wick, you think you're covering Leonard Fournette out of the backfield with those guys? Brady's going to make them all go down the field. Free and strong are going to be out helping deep coverage and deep middle. Fournette's going to have a gigantic game because those backers can't match up with him. Wick, right. If you put enough pressure on Brady, that's you've got to pre, you've got to pressure him. Brady pressuring him. But because he gets into such a rhythm, it's almost impossible to stop that when he sees that rhythm, okay? I mean, he's such a rhythm quarterback. 
Smile says, after playing Cowboys, the opponent's roster is full of are including the Eagles. I'll tell you this, man. The Dallas Cowboys right now, they're pretty deep. And they're getting it done on the defensive side of the football. Okay, they, they are. Mike McCarthy, though, still not sold on that guy. Just something about him. Buccaneers, are they as good as they were a year ago? You know, it's a lot different than, you know, when you're hunting somebody. Instead, when everybody's going to give you their A game. See, when the Bucs step on the field and Brady's on the field, you know this, right? Everybody's going to give the A game because that's the GOAT. Michael says, how many years do the Cowboys have to fake you out for you to learn? <laughs> hey, man. Hey, Michael, don't keep doing that to me, man. Don't. Hey, don't put that into reality on me there, right? Right? Don't put that into reality. Because at the end of the day, right, how many times has the Cowboys ended up doing something like that? Right? How many times do you think the Cowboys, right, the Cowboys end up really, like, faking you out there? So the Cowboys, have, but I think they're real this year. I really do. I think they're real this year. I think they got a great opportunity. All right, I got to hit on this Bama. This Bama um, loss over the weekend to Texas A&M. Did you guys see Devontae Smith's tweet? Run the damn ball. He's already acting like somebody from Philly. Run the damn ball. This goes back to Bill O'Brien again. One of the reasons he got fired, man, with the Texans. It's because he did not run the ball enough. Dude, man, that was the worst game plan for a Alabama offense I have seen in years, Sark was awesome. Hell, Lane Kiffin was awesome. And you could not get out of your own way. Texas A&M, man, they jammed the receivers at the line of scrimmage, put the backers up inside the two and three gaps, and Bama couldn't do anything. They made plays on third down. They played umbrella defense, and they wanted. they knew they could get into a shootout with them. Dumbo Fisher came to the rescue. Now, watch this. Here's the stupid thing. Now, hang on, Joey. Now, watch this, though. Here's the stupid thing about college football, just so you know. The stupid thing about college football. Let me write this down here. So, right now, Georgia's number one, right? Got Iowa number two. Got Cincy number three. I think um, I think Oklahoma's there four. I think Bama's five. And I want to say, I think OSU is down there at six. Okay. Watch this. So you put Bama at five. Xander, check it out, and everybody else. So you put Bama at five. Who would be favored in a football game on any day, anywhere on the planet between Bama and Iowa? Who would be favored? Alabama would be favored by 21 points. They'd be favored by 21. How about Alabama versus Cincinnati? They'd be favored by 17 points. Bama versus Oklahoma. They would be favored by 22 points. Because Oklahoma can't stop anybody. 
OSU, Bama? I don't know. To me, the two teams in the top six are Georgia, Bama, OSU. The rest of these guys, it's for shits and giggles. Okay? Here's what the top five should be. Georgia, Bama, OSU, then everybody else. Maybe Oklahoma, okay, at four. Maybe. Hey, how about that guy, that quarterback, that kid Rattler? How about him getting yanked in that game against Texas? Lincoln Riley cost that guy. Are you ready? Lincoln Riley cost that guy at least $50 million by doing that. You bench the potential number one pick in next April's draft. I'm not, yeah, I'll pass. And he got benched for a kid who was in high school last year. That kid Jefferson. No way. Dude, if I were him, Radler, I might think of transferring out because he's injured his draft status incredibly. I mean, incredible. He cost him 50 million bucks yanking him out of that Texas game. By the way, they had to. They were going nowhere with him. That just shows you. You see his face, Radler, when he got benched? You see him drop the F-bomb? Oh, my effing God. Oh, my God, man. I mean, he was going to be the top pick in the draft. Then that quarterback that they were talking to me about from North Carolina, they got beat by FSU. FSU sucks this year. Wow, man. I mean, look, here. This goes into the – dude, the Eagles looking for a quarterback in the draft? There ain't one. There isn't one. There's no quarterback that's in the, um, in the draft that you would put a commodity on. Do, do, do you guys agree? No way, man, am I going to go out there and draft any of these guys. These guys can't beat shitty FSU, and you, you get pulled in the Texas game. Jesus, criminy. Well, okay, so now what does this do if I'm the Eagles looking for a quarterback? Well, this puts me now back into free agency. Paul, Oklahoma's defense – and we, look at what look at what Paul's saying here. Oklahoma's defense is not good enough to compete versus the top five or six teams. Amen. You, and, and by the way, when Texas and Oklahoma gets into the Southeastern Conference, they're going to get their fucking heads kicked in. Do you think those teams playing like that, putting up over 100 points, what was it, 106 or 103? You think you're going to do that in the Southeastern Conference? Man, you'll be roadkill. You'd be lucky to win seven games in that conference. Putting up 50 points. That thing was terrible. Terrible, man. Jesus, Grimini. I mean, all those quarterbacks that are coming out this year, you know when they were saying last year after all those quarterbacks went into the draft that this year is really going to be a bad year for quarterbacks going into the first round? Well, you got it, man. I don't see a guy in college football right now where I'm going like this. I don't know. You know, that kid looks like he could be. I'll tell you what, that kid at Cincinnati, what's his name, Ritter? He ain't bad looking. I saw him beat the brakes off of Notre Dame. 
He ain't bad. He ain't that bad. That kid Ritter, man. He looks like he could be somebody. Yeah, no, no, no. Joey, that Cincinnati quarterback, man, I'm, I'm with you, man. I think he could be something. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to take him in the top 10. But, you know, all right. Buccaneers versus Eagles. Did Ben show he still has something left? You keep it right here on the National Football Show. comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, National Football Showcase. So, Baker Mayfield's at the mic crying. Here, here, here's, here's, here's my impression of Baker Mayfield. Yeah, we played really tough. You know, we, 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 we have to make plays, but okay, you might as well send the fine. Hang on. But the referees jobbed us. Yeah, it was the worst call in the history of NFL officiating. And, you know, we just got to play better. 
And I got to play better. Shoulders killing me. Yeah. Oh. Shoulder hurts. Uh, Baker, um, how was the brace that you wore? Oh, thank you for asking. You know, I'm trying not to make a big deal of it. But, you know, I mean, or, or, or complain about the rest, but. The brace hampered, I mean, it didn't, it didn't hamper me at all in the game. It just, you know, that's why we had to uh, run the ball a lot. So that's why the coach called three running plays with two minutes left in the game instead of you trying to throw the ball to put yourself in a field position so you could kick a field goal to win. You handed the ball off on third and ten. Yeah, I was hurt. And we didn't trust the refs. Okay. Isn't it funny when I watch Justin Herbert sling the ball down the field? It's like that guy doesn't give a shit about anything. And he's accurate as hell. It's crazy. I mean it. I like, okay. So if you have a first round quarterback and you're handing the ball off third and 10 with two minutes left, I think that's all you pretty much need to know. No. Ewing says, Dan, I thought once Dougie P left, our lack of running the ball would change. Organizational. Howie. How you doing? That's right. No, 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 no. Ewing. Ewing, you're on to something here. Xander, do me a favor. Highlight Ewing 609. Dan, I thought once Dougie P left, our lack of running the ball would change. So who really is in charge of play calling? Okay. Let's dissect that, Ewing. How about this? When the personnel director goes out and drafts players and then gives the list, Ewing, of the head coach, whether it be Dougie P or Nick Sirianni, he looks at the names that are on this list and he puts his game plan to the names on this list. If you've got a bunch of fourth and fifth and sixth rounders over here at running back, and they're kind of productive, and your mentality is throwing the ball because you're a wide receiver coach at heart, learning to be a head coach. By the way, get rid of that kid, Rager. He sucks. I mean, that guy does not help his quarterback out. He runs horrific routes. His awareness on the field is he lapses smarts. He is not a very good player. A colossal failure. But see, front office puts his name on that list. Why? Because how he drafted him. That's why when you're seeing Watkins and these other guys getting more production, as long as they're on the list, Sirianni can use them and justify it. And justify it. You keep saying, well, we don't we need to run the ball? The, the coaches call the plays. Yeah, the coaches call the plays to the personnel that you're given on a sheet. You just can't start calling plays if you don't have the personnel to deliver. That's why he looks at, okay, like I said, and you know what? And, and this goes back, and I know that a lot of people in Philly will disagree with this. Devontae Smith was a horrible pick. 
for for the um for the Eagles. He was a horrible pick. He's not a horrible player. He doesn't fit. If you're going to develop a young quarterback with a brand new head coach, what is the quintessential thing you need? You need a running game. If you don't have a running game, you can't develop. You need the only way that works is if you have experienced guys like Brady in the backfield that know how to get the ball and move the chains through the air on first and second down and can and can move the defenses, like I told you, with their eyes and their brains. When you got a one-read quarterback and no running game and personnel on a sheet, you're limited. Say you have a 1,000 plays in the Nick Sirianni playbook. I get the personnel sheet. Okay, well, the book goes down now to 40% because I can't use all my plays, and I've got to form a game plan off 40% of my playbook. Okay? Why aren't we running the ball? Because he doesn't have the personnel to run it, and you're injured in the O-line. This is all predicated by front office. You see, Howie doesn't have to tell you not to run the ball. He can give you the players that you get. That's why, watch this. You know, I, we, we've had people like Howard Eskin and everybody come on the show and go, well, he had some say in who he was hired. Watch this. He had some say on who the uh, assistant coaches were going to be for him on the Eagle staff. Yeah, off a list Howie and the owner gave him. It's a, it, it's a rigged hand. Like, watch this. Look at this. You get to pick any coach you want. Here, here's the list. Just like 10 guys they vetted that are going to be loyal to the front office. Okay? That, that, that's why with Jerry Jones, how come Kellen Moore is still the play caller? I thought Mike McCarthy was a play caller. So Mike McCarthy's not your play caller anymore? Okay. You think Mike McCarthy had any say in the coaching hires? You think Mike McCarthy hired Dan Quinn? He didn't hire Dan Quinn. Jerry did. Wasn't his hire. That's exactly what goes on in Philly. So when you're saying, how come Philadelphia doesn't run the ball? It looks like Dougie P's offense. It is, in essence. Okay? Hold on. I think it's even... I think you really bring a great point up here. How about this? Are we looking at the same offensive game plan as we saw a year ago when Wentz was a quarterback? What's What has changed? Does it look like the same offense from last year? Does this Eagle offense look like last year's Eagle offense? Guys, it looks like the same offense to me. It doesn't look like it's changed in any way. They're trying to get the ball on the perimeter. Get the ball on the perimeter? How are you getting the ball on the perimeter when you got a one-read quarterback that all of a sudden makes it now, how about this, predictable because you can't run the ball. I'm pinning my ears. I'm coming after you. Keeping Jalen in the box. I know he's not crazy accurate. I'm going to set him up with space. 
Wait, you think defensive backs aren't setting him up right now with space knowing they can't run the ball? They're going to give him a box to throw the ball in, and they're going to jump routes. By week eight, if they can't figure out how to run the ball, they're going to jump routes on just like they did last year with Wentz. When Wentz became a one-read guy, they were jumping routes on him. Get pressure on Wentz, jump the route, you'll get picks on him. Or he'll overthrow. <clears throat> Old Cole saying last year we didn't go deep much. The only reason that they're throwing the ball, Cole, deep on some throws is they're trying to get those backers off the line of scrimmage because those backers are bringing pressure. They know the Eagles can't run. the. Or how about this? I don't know if they know the Eagles can't run the ball, but I think they know that Sirianni would rather not run the ball. Andy Reid, like I said, and I keep bringing this point up, Andy Reid against the Eagles ran the ball 32 times. And when they got into that game against Buffalo, Buffalo stopped that run, and it was one-dimensional Mahomes, and that game was over. Ewing, I'm just saying, okay, you, you had a good point. Hey, I, I and I know what fans think. When you hire a new coach, you think sometimes you're getting a new offensive a new offensive playbook. Not necessarily. You think the Cowboys have a different playbook because they brought Mike McCarthy in? That's the same playbook that Dak has had for five years. Nothing's changed. Nothing's been added. Nothing has been added to the Dallas Cowboy offense except players. Nothing. Defensively, they had to change scheme. They had to go from a 34 back to 4-3. Because they didn't have the skill set people to play a 34. Plus, I hate the 34. Four guys beat five guys, you own the game. Paul says Sirianni runs a college offense because he was a college quarterback and hurts to run it. It's RPOs, man. Jesus Christ. It's good to run an RPO when you run the ball. Hey, watch this. I'll tell you this. I'm gonna I'm I'm going to run RPOs. If I have, I'm going to run RPOs if I have Kareem Hunt and I have Nick Chubb. Okay, I'll run those. I will. I'll run that. Okay. But if I don't, if I don't have those guys, I'm going to pin my ears, like I said. There is no, there's no question that right now, I mean, they become. As a second, I'll tell you this, though, man. One thing I got to give it to you. This team fought this. Look, they won. Let's underline this. They won. It gives them momentum going into the Buccaneer game. Let's not completely urinate on this. Jalen kept with his toughness and his desire to win. We have to put that out there as an asset. You know, Devontae Smith kept saying every time that Jalen came to the locker room or – he was in the huddle or he was on the sidelines. We're going to win this thing. 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 Even when Carolina was dominating them, they get that punt block, change the entire culture of the game. It changed the entire attitude of the game. Right? Yeah, Ewing. Nothing has changed in Dallas on the offensive side of the ball. It's the same game plan either when Mike McCarthy was there or Jason Garrett was there. It doesn't matter. 
Okay. Put Rieger on the Bills or Chargers. That's a good point, Eddie. Maybe better coaching. I don't know. I bet the way he runs the route is the thing that I don't really like. You know what I'm saying? Peace, Mom. Hey, old Cole. At least a uh, QB sneak for that yard. <laughs> right on, dog. Hey, listen, guys, I really appreciate everybody coming aboard. You guys have been spectacular today. Do me a favor, like the show. Share it a little bit later on. We really appreciate it, you guys doing this. If you can, please hit that like button. Don't forget to go over to my Twitter page, too, at Dan Cilio Show, and follow us along there, too. We so appreciate it. It should be an interesting game tonight. Um, I got the Colts in an upset over the Ravens tonight. I know that may not like uh, what a lot of people want to hear, but I'm going with Carson tonight here. So till tomorrow, 4 to 6, you keep it there on the Jacob Media channel. And you also check us out tomorrow here on the National Football Show. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.